Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Okay, thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Rachel Ford Hutman. She is the CEO of Ford Hutman Media that was founded in March of 2020, uh, already with major clients like Medtronic, IBM, HLM Ventures, Illumina. Um, she was awarded Power Woman of the Year in San Diego just of May 2020. Uh, she also won PRSA Professionals of the Year Award in 2011 has done some pretty phenomenal work uh, over her career. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. Yeah, so, you know, this is pretty phenomenal because I think, you know, one, it's a startup, it's, you know, in March of 2020, and then two, you know, already getting these really major companies to be your clients is quite phenomenal. So congratulations on that. Uh, and you're also pretty wild because, you know, who's going to start a business in 2020, <laughs> like in the middle of a pandemic? Um, a media company, I mean, the media companies are getting a hit right now, you know, just all over the place. Uh, so you must be pretty special. But I wanted to go into a bit of your founder story. And you know, how you became an entrepreneur? Like, where did you grow up? Were your parents in school? Things like that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as far as becoming an entrepreneur, I don't think I knew I was an entrepreneur. Um, probably until maybe like January of this year, I was at the JP Morgan healthcare conference up in San Francisco, which is a really big healthcare conference in the industry. And I met with some of my former clients and I was currently working at IBM um, leading their communications. And I just met with some of my former clients and they started kind of encouraging me to do this. And they were like, Rachel, you've got all the connections, you, you, know, you know the market so well, like what are you waiting for? And it was those conversations, I think, that honestly gave me the confidence to go out on my own. Um, and to your point a second ago, no, I did not know the pandemic was coming. Um, obviously, now in retrospect, we all should have known, right? It's pretty scary <laughs> that we did not know. Right. <laughs> I was actually in London in February, which is crazy. I was traveling in February knowing that, you know, what we know now of the world. But um, yeah, I just, you know, it, it really just kind of... Um, those conversations really inspired me. I think that's what it was. And that's really um, good. But you, yeah. but you already had a huge career. Was a career in marketing already or media? Already? Yeah, I okay. did. Yeah. So it's communications. Um, so it's, it is separate from marketing and yes, I focused on media relations. I started my career actually as a reporter. I'm originally from the Maryland DC area and I worked for a couple uh, local outlet outlets in that area. And then I decided to get my master's in journalism and media studies, thinking I was going to continue to be a reporter. And San Diego State actually has an amazing communications program. And who doesn't want to live at the beach, right? Everyone. So I was in my 20s. I did that whole thing where you, you know, want to learn to surf, right? Move to PB. And um, <laughs> I did dream. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I was actually, I, that's when I learned to surf because I was living in PB, getting my master's in the evening and I learned to surf and I just went every single day, right? No matter what the waves were I like. I see the surfboard in the background, so, you know. Yeah, I just got yeah. a new um, shortboard actually. I'm pretty proud yeah. of that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of surfing during the pandemic as well because there's not much else to do, right? Yeah, right, yeah. But um, yeah, so, you know, I was living the dream and um, so-called. <laughs> but um, so I was going to be a reporter and I was working for North County Times, which was up in Escondido. And I was doing that part time for a bit. And I got laid off during the financial crisis that hit in um, 2008, 2009. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, coming back home and really having to evaluate my career and what I was good at. And what I'm good at is media and storytelling and public relations actually is a, um, you know, a, a very nice uh, a parallel industry to to journalism. So I kind of fell into public relations and communications, which is mm -hmm. um, what I do now. And I'm so happy that I did. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so did you immediately just like go into another job of communications right right after that whole fallout? What happened after that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I don't know if you were here in 2008, 2009, but there were no jobs in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I came in 2012, 2013. So, yeah, yeah. so this, this is a challenging job market anyway. And um, yeah, so I applied for 10 jobs and I had my master's, but I did not have any, and I had the journalism experience, but I didn't have any of the PR experience. Mm -hmm. And I applied for 10 jobs at PR agencies and I didn't get any of them. And these were internships. These were like bottom entry level wow. jobs, did not get any. And then finally, um, an agency up in Encinitas actually gave me my first shot, Clearpoint Agency, and they specialize in healthcare and technology. And I'm so happy that I landed with them because I was able to focus on healthcare and technology, these two incredibly strong industries mm -hmm. in San Diego, but also obviously globally. And um, ever since then, I've just been able to continue to focus on healthcare and technology. And then I've slowly refined my skill set, focusing more on media relations, which is incredibly valued, valuable to these companies because they have, they have trouble telling their story externally. Mm -hmm. You know, and so a lot of times they really need somebody to help them really kind of bridge um, to these different stakeholders that they have. And that's where um, my agency fits in nicely. So Clearpoint, that was like probably what, 2009, 2010? Exactly. Yep. That was my first job. Um, I worked there when I was finishing up my master's for a bit. Yeah. And then about, so you worked there for how many years? I worked there for about three years. And then I went to another agency in San Diego, uh, Canali Communications, which is down in... Um, uh, Mission Hills area. Oh, cool. Closer to downtown. I did that for a few years and I really enjoyed that. And I slowly started working with larger and larger companies and um, we're in the ropes of communication, essentially, yeah. like media development. So you were, you were working with the best of the best in these teams, like, you know, yeah. like, and you, I'm sure they had phenomenal clients as well. You know, J &J. yeah, that's when I first started working with Johnson and Johnson and Janssen Innovation and J Labs. And I also worked with their, their venture fund as well. So I was kind of, and we also did a lot of investor relations. So I really got some great experience there. Um, and through that process, like you kind of, you developed a lot of relationships with all these major companies. And then uh, were you at Mission Hill until you said IBM until January, right? Um, yeah, I, I worked at another agency um, called W2O Group when I left Canali Communications, and I did that one for a few years. And that agency, I give credit because I really started specializing in media relations. Mm -hmm. They really noticed how good I was with media. So they were like, okay, Rachel really needs to focus on that. 
And so to your point about then building the relationships when you're constantly talking to the reporters and I was working at that point with just global, huge clients. IBM was a client of mine, which is how I started building relationships with IBM. Um, Medtronic was a client of mine. I think you're probably, your wheels are probably spinning, figuring out how this goes. Um, yeah. yeah and because just, you're like, okay, you think about it. Like, well, how did a person go and start in three, like in March, 2020, to start a brand new media company, right? And then build a website. And within, you know, like less than six months, you're getting these crazy awards, Power Woman of the Year in San Diego and all these huge, amazing clients. So now it's like, all right, I get it. You know, you've spent a good 10 decade plus, you know, working with these companies already. And then you were just like, all right, you know, great. I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to pull some of my previous, you know, kind of uh, your, of your network of your list of individuals that you're already working with over the years. Um, and just add them on board as a, as a client. What did you offer that was different from what you did previously in the past? Yeah, so I think actually what is different, and it's, it's also, um, you know, I guess because of COVID, is yeah. that a lot of these companies are looking at their bottom lines right now and they are and, and seeing how much they're spending on public relations and communications. And they don't want to necessarily have the really big um, budget for communications right now. You know, they're all kind of tightening their belt so to speak. And so what I can come in is and offer to them is I can be very laser focused on media relations. And I don't have to be drawn into internal communications necessarily or all the other churn that's happening at the company. I can be laser focused on getting their story into the media at the level that they want. And I think that's what they really appreciate. So you know, certain companies, they, they might want still kind of all the bells and whistles that a big agency can offer. But I think a lot of the clients, the, the way I'm working with them is that I'm able to be like a little ninja, <laughs> you know, and I can understand their story because we've usually worked together already. Right. Um, but even if not, I can usually get in there pretty quickly, figure out what that story is and knowing what I know about the media, a way that we can tell that story that it's going to get them some good attention. No, hundred percent, you know, and, and you're also, you know, you're, they've already, they already have a lot of that huge relationship with you. They feel comfortable, you know, working with you, which is, which is really fantastic. What was your what was your, what are your usually usual packages or how do you do you, is it like on a consulting basis or like a, a quarterly basis? How do you usually work with these, these larger companies? You know, it really depends um, on the client, to be honest with you. And I don't just work with larger companies. I work with a couple startups right now as well. Um, cool. And it just kind of depends on what they need. You know, the startups need something very different than the larger companies, right? Mm -hmm. So it just kind of depends. Um, some of them I work with on more of a monthly basis. Um, you know, some of them it's project based, you know, so it just kind of, kind of depends. And I think that's also what is nice because people can work with me in that capacity where if you work with a larger agency, they might want to lock you in for like a year contract and you might not necessarily need them for a year. You might only need them twice a year when you have a big media moment. And so I'm really able to flex with um, my clients and I think they appreciate that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of these media marketing agencies are like minimum 10,000 up to, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month. And that's kind of like their, like minimums that they're doing. So is it is the structure very similar or is it slightly different? You said you work with smaller startups. What's like the minimum engagement that you would need to be able to work with you? You know, I really don't want to throw numbers out there because it, it varies so much depending on what they need. You know, I mean, it's... It, as far as like services that you're offering, it's like media. So this is, you know, so many different things in media. It's just like, it is the video it's, development. Um, yeah, so it is more than media. Um, I also do executive visibility and thought leadership, we can go, which can go into content development and then also placement potentially of that media. 
Um, with some clients, I actually write the content and that's when I put my old reporter hat back on and I'll interview them and, and put the content together. Some of them have in-house marketing teams. so They can maybe write the content, but I can help them figure out what the story angle might be that we could potentially take to the media. Cool. Um, we're seeing content development be incredibly popular as we're seeing these, you know, um, reporters losing jobs left and right. And mm -hmm. so they're really looking to PR professionals to deliver that content, especially with the training media which is what I work with um, mostly interesting why, why do you think reporters are losing their jobs uh, COVID yeah COVID so you know they're losing advertising a lot of the um, the media outlets because companies are again tightening their budgets right now and so advertising dollars are going down when advertising dollars go down and this is why I lost my job as a reporter back in 08 um, they can't afford as many reporters. And so I'm seeing a lot of, and it's being reported that a lot of the reporters are being laid off and they're that's, looking. Well, for, that's cool though, because then, you know, they're, they're laying off with these individuals, right. But they still have, have some sort of a budget for that area. And then they can, you know, hire a hub and Ford media and to be able to do those little teeny jobs here and there instead yeah. of someone on a salary basis, you know, long-term. So your specialty more is, is, is media on multiple different fronts, not just one. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so is there, is there like an ideal client that you usually shoot for, uh, that would be, you know, the person that you would do, would do best with? Cause you, you mean, you also work with startups. So. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I love startups. I, I love the bigger companies too, but startups are really fascinating because you haven't told that story yet. So yeah. I also work with, um, one of the startups I work with is Shorla Pharma and they're based out of Ireland. It's two women and they founded this biotech and they want to expand into the U.S. market and they're making oncology drugs less toxic for children. So these pills, they're making it pills that kids can swallow instead mm -hmm. of having them to have to have needles. And it's wow. just beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, it's story. Really cool. Right. It's, it's just all around a beautiful story and it hasn't been told to the media yet, which is also why I love telling that story. And it's got so many different angles to it. You know, you've got two female entrepreneurs. You've got the fact that they're from Ireland trying to break into the U.S. market. You know, it's the oncology aspect, the, pedi the pediatrics aspect. So it's just such a wonderful story. And I feel like with that, when you're telling a story like that to the media, that's a story they want to tell and you just have to get their attention to tell it. And that's not hard at all. And that's when, you know, my job is actually fun and I get very passionate about it because it's like, I'm helping to get that story out there that, that should be told. Yeah. Great mission, great purpose. You can back it and you know, there's emotion behind of it. It was all those good things. What did you, what did you win power woman of the year in, in May? What was that for? What was the main thing that you think kind of like keep that into place? Yeah, you know, I think it was just that I, I hit the ground running and that I had landed some really big clients right out of the gate. So, you know, Illumina, largest, you know, genomics company in the world. Um, anybody who does anything in genomics knows Illumina, and we're lucky enough that Illumina is, is based here in San Diego. Um, and that was just, that was a huge win for me. And then also my work with Medtronic, that was also another you know, just big name to, to immediately have on your client roster. And so, um, you know, I think it's really neat being in San Diego because people really respect that and, and notice things like that and entrepreneurship, you know. And in women, like now is the time more than ever to be a woman entrepreneur. Like you are just like highlighted like no other because, you know, many for many years, women just didn't go into business for some reason. And, you know, it's now there's more women in business than ever before. And one of my like mentors, JT Fox, he always talks about how 
you know, he thinks women are better entrepreneurs than men and like all this really? stuff. Really? Why does yeah. he think that? Um, I think just because women are kind of like the, more like the, are like the outcast of like business. Like you're so odd. You're so, you know, <laughs> no one ever thinks that you're going to be able to perform or, you know, go and just like, you know, have that kind of aggressive, you know, persistent, you know, I'm going to push through and make this thing happen. That's just not really a woman yeah. kind of, you know, saying it's more of a man thing, you know, it's a man thing. Oh, got to be rough and, you know, and, and, you know, mean and all that stuff. Right. And so it's, so when a woman goes into business and, you know, she's a huge power player and she does phenomenal and, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, you're the only woman, like, you know, like you're the, you're like the only one in the group, you know, it's like yeah. anything that is unique, anything that stands out is special. So it's like, and, and so you, so now we have this, you know, movement right now that is really quite phenomenal because it's, it's, it's bringing a different aspect of business that really should have been there the entire time. It shouldn't have, you know, been like all men oriented anyway. Like this just personally, I would rather work with women as well with men. Like I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know, like, Oh yeah. I just want to wear a bunch of dudes. Like that's fantastic. You know, every well, we are very like, organized. I have to yeah. <laughs> People organize, you know, you end up looking better when you go to work, you know. We keep, like, we, we keep you guys, yeah, we're, you we're very smell, You know, women don't smell very much. There's all these great <laughs> things about like women that are just like, I don't know why there's, but you know, it just, it just depends, you know, like I think that's, you know, it, there's this, um, there's a side to it that is going to be beautiful and, and it's continuing to do it. So I'm glad that, um, you know, that San Diego has recognized you and all your success and everything and, and continuing to do so. Um, so I'm curious, kind of, you know, with um, with the pandemic and everything that's going on, uh, you started literally at the cusp of the pandemic, like March was was when you yes. started, right? So it was like, hey, by the way, like you're going to be shut down. And then like m one of my businesses like lost 50% of its revenue in April. A lot of people started dropping off in April. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fear associated in business, right? So you were starting it then. Um, how was that start? And then, you know, you came out strong, of course, you know, but how was the start initially? Yeah. Yeah. So I put in my notice with IBM at the end of February. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like my last day was like somewhere in like the first week of March. And I don't know if you remember, but basically the first week of March is when we all realized like, oh my God, this, this thing is shut down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, you're going to be shut down. Like, we're like, we're like, yeah. that's not possible. It's a marriage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not, <laughs> well, not going to lie to you. You know, there was definitely, you know, that, that, oh shit moment where did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Am I leaving my cushy, you know, executive comms role here at IBM, you know, very safe company, you know, hundred year old tech company here. Yeah. Um, you know, am I really blowing it? And I had that moment of fear and panic and I was just like, oh my God, Rachel, why, why you always have to do this, you know? <laughs> But, um, you know, and, and I mean, I was scared for probably two weeks and I had a bunch of meetings that canceled or went virtual. And, um, you know, there was definitely a lot of fear because the companies I'm working with too were freaking out. They didn't know yeah. what they were doing yet and, and what was going to happen. So we, everyone was kind of going through that. Um, you know, so I just, you know, I stayed calm and I just trusted that, you know what, I'm, you know, sink or swim, you got to jump off the cliff sometime and, you know, things just went in a little bit different way. Yeah, what well, better time during a pandemic and the, the entire country shuts down, you know? I started my business when I lost both of my, my car, my motorcycle, my license was suspended in Washington, and I was sleeping on a couch in San Diego, and I decided to start a mobile car wash business in downtown. Which I didn't have a car. 
I use a laundry basket with wheels. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You the mother of invention, right? Yeah, seriously. Innovation, persistence is where it's at. So the first like month or two, you know, um, you know, you, you had a bit of a slow start, right? And then you know, people are like, okay, yeah. well, we have to continue in business, right? Which is fairly uh, natural. Yeah. Yeah, and then from there, what was your, who was your first client? Like your first big one that was like, yes, you know, like, um, uh, you know, well, 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 hold on. Let me step back for a second. Cause I think also what I did that was smart is I started having those conversations early. So remember I mentioned to you that January healthcare conference, mm-hmm. so I started at that point having conversations with my potential clients. So I already had things kind of lined up when I quit IBM, you know, so so I was already, it wasn't like I started from, from square one, you know, yeah. and I think that was really smart of me. And then I also took that time, that two week period after our, I had made the clean break from IBM to get things lined up like my website, which I'm so happy I did because I have so many friends who still haven't gotten their website together, you know, because yeah, no, it looks really great. Thank you. Because if you just hit the ground and you start churning, you know, sometimes you forget because then you're so busy trying to get business or whatever. So I took that like time, that little uncertainty time and I worked on my website. I worked on my my uh, deck, you know, just got my business cards, things like that. Just kind of getting my house in order, making mm-hmm. sure my logo was was good. So so I think I took that time and made the most of it. Um, in terms of, you know, my first client, um, I think my first you know, big client that I was really excited about, which was HLM Ventures. And my good friend that I used to work with at IBM, Steve Toll, he's a partner there. And, you know, he was one of the people that encouraged me to go out on my own. So that was great because then when I actually did it, you know, he was still able to, you know, work with me. And despite COVID, you know. Did you get any funding when you started either? Or are you just kind of like, no? Was, no. Yeah, fantastic. No. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's really, you know, just have already having those conversations in place, I think is what really helped me. So despite the COVID, you no, know, I was able to still kind of ebb and flow with it. And then a lot of the companies that I had been talking about working with in one capacity, they just shifted a lot of things to COVID. And that's the benefit of being in healthcare and technology. It's that they're already kind of close to these industry, uh, uh, COVID and things anyway. So it's not like these industries got shut down because of COVID. Yeah, they just had to change the way they did business, essentially. And they had to figure that out. And then because you had such a big, you know, history with them, and you knew the industry so well, it was easy for you to you know, provide value to those companies. Yes, exactly. And what I do is so essential too to their business. So that's the mm-hmm. other thing, you know, it's that I'm Super not doing something that they could, you know, they can't get rid of necessarily. They really want media and especially even more so when they are changing their business strategies a little bit because then they really want to tell that story externally. So, um, yeah, so things just kind of kind of evolved and changed and I just had to stay the course and, and you know, um, just be patient and know that things would work out. But Definitely. when I started a company during COVID, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, a slightly different one. So I always have this question of on the pandemic, and I say, you know, if if your company was like 100% like crazy successful, you hired a CEO, a different CEO to run, you know, uh, Ford Hubman Media, and you know, you were just like killing the game, and you were going to start another business starting next month. Um, given the information that you have right now, what do you think that business would be? Oh my goodness. Um, I would probably say something along the lines of content, like maybe podcasts, um, or, uh, just, just traditional content development, but I'm really seeing content being the thing because again, with, you know, reporters get, getting laid off and all of these media outlets having to, you know, shut down or, or lay off newsrooms, um, 
you know, I think companies are really going to have to start creating their own content um, on a scale they have not seen before. And I think they're going to look to PR practitioners to be able to deliver that content and, um, and then also be more creative. And I think podcasts really offer that opportunity. Podcasts are seriously like they're killing the game right now. I'm actually, they are. I've talked to a lot of pretty phenomenal people that are either starting podcasts or, you know, know a new, know a podcast agency that's doing some pretty phenomenal work. People need more content right now more than ever. And they're only out their only way to get their story out or whatever it is, is through video development, audio development. And, you know, because before they used to go to events, you know, you go to events, you know, you go to a convention, you go to whatever, right? And I, you know, I invested, you know, in the yeah. in the TNC traffic and conversions summit, you know, here in San Diego, like I did that last year, like and it was yeah. supposed to happen and it did, never did, right? They keep on postponing it. I mean, I've heard that's been transformational, you know, for yeah. many companies and now it's like, okay, what do you do? So, you know, that's really, really smart. And, and so, but you're kind of doing that anyway, right? Like, I mean, you can integrate that into the Ford Hudman media almost. Yeah, you know, I'm slowly starting to do it. I just put it on a couple proposals recently where I thought it did make sense. Um, so yeah, I, I'm slowly starting to do it. So I mean, I I think it's a great for companies to develop their own content through podcasts, and I think it's going to just continue. And even post COVID, you know, I think we're it's going to take a while probably for us to get back to the same level of events and travel that we were pre COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's going to continue. This trend is just going to continue. Yeah, hundred percent. Is there anything that uh, that you're looking for right now to kind of grow the company as it gets to the point where you're not able to, you're getting too busy, have too many too many meetings? Do you need another media person coming on board? Or there certain yeah. clients that you're shooting for? Yeah, well, I just signed two clients this week, so yes, I am hiring. Um, I'm hiring a mid level person at this point, and then I think probably towards the end of the year, I'll hire somebody at a higher level um, that I that can kind of be like my, you know not sidekick, but maybe like a VP. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I've, I've got like three uh, employees and I'm, I'm looking for one more that's just more of a, a, a mid-level person that hopefully has some healthcare experience already and they don't necessarily have to be in San Diego. Obviously, I'm not going to see them anyway. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, I love some, remote. So. We have some pretty phenomenal guests that have been on the show with, that are really great in recruiting and finding some pretty pretty cool people. So, um, yeah, my way. a little bit later yeah. uh but yeah so so fantastic well i appreciate you uh you telling me your story that's you have a yeah. pretty pretty phenomenal story it's always good to see you know anyone going from you know uh, a career to and in, in just providing value for so many years and then starting their own business and it doesn't really matter like what age you know a person is like the other day it was like this guy was like 54 55 before he started a business and they 15 x in two years and started this new company i'm like who, who are you like ray crock from mcdonald's or something like that it's ridiculous and sounds like you're on the way you know you're on the oh, way you're in march you. you're you're march until what it's august september right i got six yeah. months in you're doing phenomenal work so you know i wish you all the most of all the best of success and uh hopefully we'll have you on a little bit later on this year and see uh see how see how you're doing thanks that'd be great fantastic all right rachel we'll talk to you a little bit later Bye. thanks for listening to the iSmart podcast show if you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. 
If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.